This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. Dot .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Marriage. I'm your host Melanie Studley. What's up guys? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Today is an ultimate treat. I heard this dude a long time ago and he's been kicking ass ever since. And today we have his kick-ass wife, Trish. So, we interviewed Ryan Mickler from the Order of Man podcast and his wife Trish Mickler. They are awesome. They're funny. They're down to earth, real couples. And it's a great conversation. You guys are going to love this. You are absolutely going to love it. So let us not delay any further. Enjoy. Let's go. Thank you guys so much for being on our show. It is so amazing to have you here. We've been following you for 1 million years, precisely. Uh, and we love what you're doing. And so thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. If you guys could introduce yourselves, that'd be awesome. Ladies first. Hey, I'm Trisha Mickler. Um, I'm Ryan's wife. I, the homemaker. That's a funny way to introduce yourself. I don't yourself. even know how, I don't have a title. I'm mom. I'm the wife. Like, that's, that's me. The Trish. Right. I'm just... Trish. She's being modest. <laughs> she is my wife, yes, but certainly more than that. So she's being very modest. Um, yeah, I, my name is Ryan Mickler. I, I host the Order Man podcast. And of course, I'm Trisha's husband. So. <laughs> there you go. You know, that, that makes me, uh, well, we're going to go all over the place uh, in this, but it just, what you said, Trish, just kind of made me think, and Ryan, you might agree with this, but it's like, who would I be? What kind of what kind of man would I be if it wasn't for Melanie? You know, you know what I'm saying? And like what kind of man would you be if it wasn't for your wife and the relationship right. that we've built and the things that we built together? And it's just like, oh my gosh, I would be in trouble. And I'm not saying like, you know, she keeps me reined in or whatever, because I a lot of guys say that and that's kind of lame. It's like I'm my own man. But the what you've added to my life as right. a man is just unbelievable. And I'd super appreciate it. And Ryan, I, I'm Probably sure you'd say the same. Are you better because Trish right. is listening? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> he definitely, definitely agrees. <laughs> I, I think that's 100% true. I do. I think that's 100% true. I think we as men become better men when we have a good woman by our side. There's no doubt about that. But also, I will say that it's important for us to be able to stand on our own two feet. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there's a lot of men and women 
who aren't able to do that without the support of their wife and or husband. And that makes, uh, well, I think it puts a lot of pressure on the other partner mm-hmm. and to, to, to provide the energy, right. To make sure that the other person is okay. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I derive a lot of satisfaction and comfort, I guess I'd say, from knowing that Trish doesn't necessarily need me in her life, right? Uh, but that she hopefully, at least eighty to ninety percent of the time, wants me in her life. <laughs> I choose to keep him. <laughs> uh, but but I think I think there is a problem when couples get married and think that oh she completes me or he completes me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You should complete yourself so that you can bring that to the table, and it's just a, a better way to operate. We right. we haven't always been that way, I would say. No, yeah, no, it it took work. Right. And I was going to oh, say, yeah. I feel like that's part of your actual journey where you like initially when we interviewed you forever ago, you had talked about like when you guys were going through a bunch of stuff and it was the idea of separating and becoming sort of your own man and being the best version of yourself that kind of made you a better husband now for your marriage. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Yeah, I think that would be I, I would certainly say that I'm, I'm not going to speak for you, but I imagine that's the case as well is that you had to find yourself and through that, then I think we became better partners for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. At that time, like Ryan became his own self. I found my own self. And like by working on ourselves, we became a stronger couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we see that all the time with couples. So I'm, I've been a licensed marriage and family therapist for about 15 years now. And now we do coaching and stuff. But forever, and we went, like you guys, went through a really hard time. Like, yeah, we were this close to getting divorced, and she punched me in the face, and all this crazy stuff. And it was because we were looking to each other to solve problems. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, well, I feel like shit, or uh, oh, I'm I'm depressed, or I have anxiety, or like feel, you know, I don't know, anything, you know, fill in the blank. And then I go look around and go, oh, it must be your fault, right? right? And she was doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I know, Ryan, in your story... You've shared it, well, on our show a long time ago, but uh, since then, you know, you talk about when when you guys were going through the stuff, you guys separated, and it wasn't until you're like, wait a minute, I have to be my own man to go out there and do all this stuff to fill my cup first, and then mm-hmm. I can enter in into a relationship with a woman as a mature, differentiated man. And I think that, that made the difference in your guys' marriage, as you shared, and it's made the difference in ours. But right. if you could, if we could say, if we could speak to the men and women who may be like, well, yeah, if she would just fill in the blank, or <laughs> I'd be happy if he would just X, Y, Z, what can we collectively say to those dudes who are out there saying that or ladies blaming or the ladies, right. of course, what can we say to that? I know we all have really um, uh, good advice on that. So let's dive into that for a minute. Uh, so what I would say is that that shouldn't stop the the idea of taking care of yourself shouldn't stop when you decide to partner with somebody. And it mm-hmm. does, you know, I, I think about our relationship, the first things to go in my own personal life, when we got together, what, 19 years ago, roughly? Yeah, yeah, 19 years ago. So two decades, almost the first things to go were my friends and my hobbies. Mm. And it wasn't her fault. I'm not saying any of that. Like I wanted to be with her hundred percent of the time. And so mm-hmm. the first things to go were the friends and the hobbies. And that actually continued, I think probably until we went through our separation. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, okay, I need something else outside of what she can provide to me. And so even to this day, there's things that I do for myself. And there's things that I would encourage her to do for herself. Uh, I've got friends outside of obviously our relationship 
Uh, I have my own hobbies and interests and activities that don't involve her. Mm -hmm. And she has the same things. And uh, it's a little counterintuitive, but you need to carve out time and space to take care of yourself and energize yourself, get what you need. Because if you do that, you'll always come back to the relationship stronger, more capable. Uh, It's like the adage, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So it's okay to be away from each other as long as what you're doing is improving yourself so you can come back into the relationship a better man or a better woman. Yeah, right. I agree. And and it's not so draining on the other partner. Right. It's like, oh, I have to be this person for her because she's not going out and getting that stuff herself. Then I'm like, geez, right. I, don't, I don't, I can't. You're, you're, you're too much. You're extra. Right. You know? right, well, right and the, the thing well is- that's what I was doing to when we went through our separation. I think that's what I was doing to you. I was asking you to take care of yourself and, and provide your own en- energy. And I was also asking her to provide my energy. Mm-hmm. And so I was wondering why she was burning out and why she was tired and why the spark wasn't there. Well, obviously <laughs> it wasn't there because she was carrying it for two people. So right. We need to go out and provide our own spark so that we can come back to the relationship with actually something of value mm-hmm. that uh, we're not just demanding from the other person. Mm-hmm. Right. What activities help you secure your own spark? <laughs> what provides you spark, Ryan? What is it for you? Oh, are you asking? Yeah, you specifically me? for men, but both of them, but specifically for the guy. And then Trish, I have a different question for you, but you can okay. answer that one. <laughs> For me, it revolves around physical fitness. So mm-hmm. it's either exercising or more often than not, it's going to jujitsu and mm-hmm. doing that two, three, four times a week uh, where I don't have to worry about the family. I don't have to worry about her. Like I'm focused on just doing that, being present in the moment. And then when that's done, I can come back and I've got the physical fitness stuff, you know, checked off the list and I can be present, you know, for, for you. So that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Just being around other men. Right. What would you say doesn't count in that? Cause here's what I'm thinking of what our audience will interpret that as. I just Mm -hmm. need time for me. I'm just going to go watch Netflix and drink beer and eat pizza. Mm. Just need some me time. So that I want to make sure that we're like really clarifying what is life giving to dudes for the most part. So, you know, like, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If a guy right. wants to have a beer, or he wants to sit and eat pizza or wants to relax or kick his feet up. I think that's fine. But I think there comes a point in time where it becomes a detriment rather right. than something that's actually helpful. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't think Netflix is going to give you the spark of life. Right. You know, I don't think I don't think getting yourself drunk or, or right. gorging on a, you know, a, a jumbo pizza is going to do it for you. It's, yeah, right. It's, it's great. You know, it's fine. But Really what you want is something that's going to energize you. So that's something that's going to stimulate you, something that's going to challenge you, push mm-hmm. you mentally, physically, emotionally, mm-hmm. something that's hard, demanding. Competition for men, I think more so maybe generally than women is valuable. I, I would say, ge- again, generally that women aren't so worried about competition, but right. men thrive under competition uh-huh. or at yeah. least, you know, they, they step up to the plate. Right. Uh, so anytime you can get around other men who are going to push you physically or mentally, I think is a good mm-hmm. thing. And that's the stuff that counts. Not, not the things that to sedate you, even though right. yeah, at times it's okay to mm-hmm. kick your feet up. I, I see yeah. the problem with that. I love yeah. that. But yeah, if you're doing that more often than not and using that as an excuse, like, Oh, self-care. Right. And that's a buzzword of right. course, but it's like, I'm so freaking sick and tired of like people saying, Oh, I gotta, I gotta take a me day or a, or a self-care day because literally what that means is, I'm going to go spend a bunch of money I might not have right. and not get anything else done. I'm not, you know, pushing the envelope on my physical fitness or my intellectual fitness or spiritual fitness. It's just checking out. Right. And there is a pan- there's another pandemic 
of that, of just checking out of mm-hmm. like, well, this is, this is me time. I'm going over here. It's like, no, come, come on. Let's, let's <laughs> no. go. If you're going to do you self-care. Know what it reminds me of, mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of that, uh, that, that thing on uh, Parks and Rec where they talk about treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys seen that? Yes. Where it's like treat they just yourself. go out and they spend, yeah, treat yourself. Yeah. yeah. They just go out and spend a bunch of money and they go to the spas and like they do everything, you know, lavish and, and money isn't an issue. And that's nice. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that. I'm right. just saying that we ought to think more about the long term ramifications. So you're talking about the term self care. Mm-hmm. Self care isn't temporary and it isn't always immediate either Mm -hmm. a lot of the times you don't even see it for long periods of time you know if you go into the gym for the first time in a decade it's going to probably take you a few weeks maybe a month maybe slightly longer to actually experience the positive net gains from that it's just going to feel like work so you think well i'm not taking care of myself you actually are just the long-term results that you're looking for actually mm. take longer to manifest themselves. Mm, yeah. yeah, and that's so hard to like think about on on day two of you know <laughs> going to the gym or something. You're like, I've never been this sore in my life. This must not be the right thing. Right. And then you give right. up, right? And like self care. Right. So this is I'm I'm on day 52 of 75 hard, and this is the second time I've done it. I did the whole program in 2020, and it was amazing and everything. And I know you've done it a, a time or two, and it's like, wait a minute, how is self-care doing two workouts a day, drinking a gallon of water, like running in the snow and all this stuff? How is that self-care? Well, that's the most active and beneficial, I think, piece of self-care that I've ever done mm-hmm. because I'm like firing on all cylinders there. Right. And of course it hurts. You don't want to do it, right? But wisdom does now. We're going to be thankful for later. And that's long-term self-care, mm-hmm. which can turn into a habit which turns into just a lifestyle. It's not right. something that, oh, I'm doing this for 75 days and I'm going to go, you know, Netflix and drink beer for, you know, right. six months after that. Uh, I agree. Trisha, what do you yeah. do for self-care other than use that new saw I saw you using on your Instagram? <laughs> the new yeah, what? The saw oh. that I was using. Yeah. Um, well, I, I liked going into um, CrossFit. I go four or five times a week. I do a couple of days where it's just me. And then a couple of days where I take the kids in. And so for me, that's really good for me. That takes care of like the mom rage. <laughs> um, it, helps, it gets out all of the stress and the frustration. And I've got one hour where I can just absolutely let loose and destroy. And yeah. I feel great afterwards. And I can come home, be all Zen and like happy homemaker. Yeah. But it's also getting into gardening season. Yes. And so summers in Maine are ridiculously beautiful. And oh so... From the second the sun comes up, which is like 4.30, I'm ready to go outside. Yeah. And so as soon as it's warm enough, man, me and the kids were outside all day. I uh, doubled the garden this year. So oh, fun. there's going to be a lot of time spent outside. So for me, that is self-care. Awesome. Like, yeah. It's work and I love it. I absolutely mm-hmm. love getting my hands dirty, mm-hmm. being outside, being exhausted at the end of the day. Oh, right. yeah. I think you and I are like soul sisters. Like anytime you post a picture <laughs> with you. Garden. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I build stuff all the time. The, when we first got married, the most exciting part was he came with a whole set of tools. Yeah. <laughs> like he had drills nice. and saws and he knew how to use them. So I basically like from the second we got married, I'm like, I'm building everything I can build. And I love <laughs> your awesome. overalls. Like you have an overall hat flannel vibe that I am so jealous yes. of. Like it's <laughs> like my inspo. Like the it's so good. They're Carhartt, right? Like just normal Carhartt. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
It is good. Got Carhartts and uh, Duluth, Duluth Trading. They've got oh. some, they've got like an amazing gardening Duluth line. Awesome. Oh, they yeah. have a gardening line. Yes, I got okay. the catalog today for summer, <gasps> and like I tabbed like every page. <laughs> I know what website we're going to. You when should this become like a done. like a yes. um, an influencer for Duluth Trade. Like just take photos of you. Yeah. I mean that you in your barn. <laughs> Come on, guys. One hundred percent. As long as they send overalls, we're good. <laughs> right. You know, you, you're talking about mom rage for a minute there, and. At, like one of the funniest things, and I, I love things like this because to me, it's like, oh, that person is real and not just kind of being fake, you know? Right. <laughs> and it was, I think, uh, um, uh, uh, what's the doorbell thing? Um, the ring? Ring. Like the ring? It was a ring capture that you guys did a long time ago and it's just before you moved to Maine and like the, with the dog the dog that got out or something oh that's right and, I know and, exactly and you came flying out the door get your piece of shit dog out of here and I, that, that was so funny and like the reason I like stuff like that is because it's real it's in the moment and right. you know like when when things like that have happened in our marriage hard and just kind of funny like okay it's go time you're, right. you're on it's like, man, we're alive. We're a team. And, yeah. and it's it's something, I don't know. I don't know how to categorize it, but it's just, I love that stuff, right? right? So, I, I, And you made me laugh. So that, right. was, that was really funny. <laughs> and um, one thing about, I want to talk about how you guys work together in building a business and then also the, how important shared vision is mm. in marriage yeah. with our coaching clients. We talk about, okay, what is your shared vision when 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 you guys are arguing and stuff? What is that shared vision? Oftentimes it's God or spirituality or just raising a family. What is that sh shared vision that you can point back up to that puts you guys both back to baseline? Because it's really easy to get off sometimes. And um, let's see. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you guys work together in building and doing something really crazy. Like, okay, we're moving from Utah to Maine. Boom. Let's do this. And that big leap that you guys took. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, you want to start on that? Well, I think for me, when I was thinking, like, what is our main thing for us? It's just it's raising a good, strong, healthy family. Like for us, our family's number one. So mm -hmm. is it improving our family? Is it giving us more time together? Is it is it an experience that um, continues to grow our relationships? Like, how does it benefit our family most? Are we mm -hmm. doing the best we can? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's even something we talk about now, you know, that you, you brought up the move to Maine that that was a big, obviously a big thing for us with four kids. Uh, I, I would say two of which maybe one, it really isn't going to impact all that much because they don't have friends, right. you know, they're not embedded into the, into the culture in which we were, but, mm -hmm. but the other two, maybe, maybe our daughter as well, yeah. which is our third. Mm -hmm. It impacted a little bit more, so you know there was a lot to that. But I, but I think you're absolutely right, Trish. Is that really the goal for us was to create experiences and opportunities and and moments where we can thrive and learn as a family. We can experience new things and we can go through challenges and hardships. I mean, I remember when we moved here that first week. I don't think there was a minute that passed my mind where I thought, what in the world did we just do? Mm. Why did we do this? Mm. You remember that? Yeah. I remember vividly one conversation her and I had where we were walking in the field and it, and it was beautiful. It was June in Maine. And it was beautiful. And we're walking out in this field. We just, we, we moved from uh, a, a third of an acre lot to a 50 acres. It oh was my beautiful. Gosh. Wow. And I remember thinking, and we even talked about this verbally, like, why did we do this? 
we, we the just, right thing. We like, just walked away from everything and everyone we knew. Like, oh. the hell is wrong with us? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but ultimately, we the reason we decided to do it, and, and people ask this all the time, is why would you do that? Just adventure, mm-hmm. experience, opportunities. You know, and there's so many opportunities that presented themselves uh, since we've been out here. We've made new friendships. Uh, we've certainly had new experiences. Uh, we've, we've struggled in a lot of ways. Uh, we've come together in a lot of ways. Uh, and especially as, you know, you move to a new place, there's not as many people that you know or friends. And so we've had to turn inward. Our children have had to turn to them, to each other mm-hmm. and to us. We've had to turn to our children. Uh, and it's really forged a pretty tight bond between all of us, which is good like 95% of the time. And then 5% of the time it's, you know, we butt heads and mm-hmm. right. we have challenges and we struggle and we have a teenager now and you know, that's exciting and scary and every other awesome range of emotions that you know, right? possibly mm-hmm. think of. So. How old is your oldest? He's 13. He turned 13 about two, three months ago. Right. Yeah. So is ours. Yeah, Our oldest 13. is 13. Oh, and 13. then yeah. the next one is 12. So. Three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then your youngest is how old? Nine. She, she's nine. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, similar ages. We yeah. have uh, 13, 10, 7, and 5. There you go. Yes, Ooh. I got it right. That's Don't crazy. ask me their dates of birth, though. That's her department. <laughs> what are their names? I'm just kidding. Right. I know that. <laughs> well, actually, I don't. I know their nicknames. I mix those up 95% of the Number time. Three. Number three. Right. The worst is when you start calling your kids by your dog's name. Like, we've done that way too many times. We'll call our, yeah. our kid Doug. I, I do, because our, our German shepherd, we got him the same time our youngest was crawling. And oh. so, like... They just kind of hit milestones at the right. same time. So mm-hmm. I'm always calling him. Hey, Sarge, come here, Sarge. Not Sarge, get over here. You know, yeah. that is so funny. <laughs> they were on four, four uh, appendages, I guess, right? right? They're all walking yeah. around or uh, crawling. That's funny. Yeah. One question that I'd love to ask is like the, t- the difference. So before and after, before you guys made this, not the move, but before you changed yourselves within your marriage, I want to talk about the teamwork element of that. So how did you treat one another before you made that sort of shift into knowing more about yourselves? And how do you treat one another now? Hmm. I don't, I don't think I included her on very much. I just made the assumption that she either knew or she quote unquote should understand. Hmm. I, I think that was the biggest thing for me, you know, what, and I remember during our separation, I thought to myself, you know, why, why, why didn't she appreciate what I was doing? Why didn't she appreciate the way that I was trying to show that I cared about our marriage and the sacrifices that I was making? And I just assumed that she would or should know. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, there's a barrier there. Even after 20 years of being together, almost 17 years of, of being married, there's still, I think, a little bit of a... of not a barrier, but just a disconnect. Right. And, and so I think it's very important. It has been for us anyways, to make sure that that disconnect is not there, even with little things like travel plans, Mm -hmm. you know, she might say to me, well, I didn't know you're going here and that's a failure on my part. So we've really had to work on our communication, which I think, I mean, I'll say, I I think I'm better at just naturally than than her ability to communicate. Mm-hmm. And so those are things that we've had to work on. So there isn't as large of a disconnect between what each of us are experiencing or going through or thinking or, mm-hmm. or goals or anything like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And before, like something that I really 
really had to work at, and I still have to work on is communication. Like he said, mm-hmm. um, before our separation, like I just, I would hold everything inside and I wouldn't tell him how I was feeling. I knew I was either happy, sad, or mad, mm-hmm. but like, and those were my only three compartments I had. And I didn't understand that, Like sometimes maybe I'm anxious or I'm scared or I'm nervous, or I'm just kind of sad. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have the words for those emotions before. Mm-hmm. And so And I mean, that seems like such a ridiculous thing because like I was an adult at this point, but I honestly had just never really been good at communicating myself or my emotions or my thoughts. And so, um, I I think I've said before, but, um, when we were going to counseling, she gave us a paper worksheet Mm -hmm. and it started with, I feel blank because blank. And I had a look at that stupid sheet every time I needed to talk at Ryan for months because it had like. I don't know, 30 adjectives on it to describe how I was feeling. And I would go through and I would pick out how I was feeling so that one, I understood. And two, Mm -hmm. I could communicate that to him. Cause if I told him like, you know, I'm really stressed about this, he could be, Oh, well, let me help you with X, Y, Z, you know? And so it just changed like the whole thing learning how to communicate with one another. Right. Yeah. That's interesting because I often say like there's you, we get taught these things in kindergarten but then they stop teaching them to us. They stop mm-hmm. teaching like emotional awareness or whatever. And so I think honestly that vocabulary like falls out of our brain at some point because it's not being sort of, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Just reinforced like re- reinforced over the years. Right. Yeah. It just fell out. And so <laughs> it's funny how often it's not funny, but it's not surprising to me that oftentimes people have like three channels. I'm happy, I'm sad, or I'm mad. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's mm-hmm. how they funnel every feeling anxiety, excitement can funnel through mad sometimes, which is crazy, but it happens. And as we, as our, our, our kids get older, we are now seeing, which I'm sure you guys are too, like how sort of inept we are at communicating our emotions unless it's something we focus on all the time Mm -hmm. and we reiterate and talk about and make boundaries around and all of that stuff. So thank you for sharing that. Like that's very vulnerable to share. There's another thing here too, and I, I think we need to be aware of of where we we need to be able to express what we need. So, I mean, even yesterday we got into an argument about something, and I, I remember vividly you said, "Well, I, you know, we don't need to keep talking about it." I said, "That's fine for you, but I need to talk about it," mm. which is interesting because, again, generally speaking, I think the roles are typically reversed. Right. But in our relationship, I'm more of the talker; she's more of the. I don't need to talk about it more. Yeah. Which I think generally is is, is maybe a change than than it is for most people. Uh-huh. And so she's like, I don't need to talk about it anymore. I, well, I do. I need to talk about it. Right. Yeah. And, and for me, I feel like we're just going in a circle. I'm like, yeah, I know. I said that. Right. So why are we still talking about it? And for me, it's working through it. I'm just right. like, we're, maybe it's not that I need you to say anything or that I need any sort of conclusion. I just need to make sure that I'm wrapping my head around it and that mm-hmm. all the bases are covered and mm-hmm that doesn't seem as productive for her as mm-hmm. it does for me. Yeah. Oftentimes couples get uh, in this rut. Uh, there's this idea in therapy, either uh, what she said or didn't say, I take as a perceived neglect or a perceived threat. Like mm-hmm. if she says, right. oh, well, we don't need to talk about it. Then I have maybe some perception of neglect. Well, right. what, y- yes, we do. We need to talk about you it. You don't oh, care about me because you don't want to talk about right. it. Or, right. Or per- perceived mm-hmm. threat. Like I can say something with the tone that I may say to, you know, my buddies or something and not even think anything of it, but it might be too harsh or whatever. She's like, well, I mean, not like a physical threat, obviously, but, uh, oh, wait a minute. What is, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. So the idea of perceived threat 
perceived neglect. If we can really wrap our minds around that and go, no, this this is what I need here, mm-hmm. and then of course be respectful to attune to her needs and her attune to my needs. Then right. then we're then we're rolling pretty good. But it sounds like you guys have really worked through that, and obviously. You're here on a podcast, not arguing. So how did, Look, how did you? I don't. I'm I was, making notes. I will say this. I don't think we've worked through it. I think we're working on it. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's no, there's no destination. We still struggle. You know, it's funny. You talk about that perceived threat as something is, is the way somebody says something. It could be as simple as the way somebody breathes. Right. Yeah. Yesterday, I'm like, "What? Do you don't do that?" She's what like, was I'm just breath breathing. For? Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, but you you sighed. took a deep sigh, and then right. I interpreted it one way. Right. And and it wasn't intended that it's a it's a breath, <laughs> and yet we interpret it through our own lens. Yeah. Right. Accurately or inaccurately, that's just what we do. And right. Yeah. And so, then yeah, the other we don't, we don't have it figured out. We're working. Yeah. We're not we have not worked on it. We are working, you know, through it currently. Yeah. Right. And right. the only way out is through, right? Yeah. If we if we just table this, oftentimes we we have done this and mm-hmm. other couples do too. We go, okay, forget it. And then we're both flooded and then nothing gets resolved. And it comes right back right? around. And then, right. oh, wait a minute, that that progress that we made, we just stopped all that progress, went backwards. Now we have to go through that again. Right. That's one of my favorite sayings. The only way out mm-hmm. is through. And that can be literally anything in life. So it's our dedication and going back to the shared vision of like, okay, I respect you enough. I love you enough to work on this because this will move us towards mm-hmm. that. Thing, right. Right. Yeah. I read a book well, recently. Think, um, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think in society, there's this, this idea that, you know, if it doesn't work or you're not quote unquote compatible, that there's another way out and that is literally out. Right. And that's not an option for right. us. Right. right. So yes, the answer is through and it's going to be painful and it's going to be ugly at times and I'm going to screw up and, and she's going to screw up and okay. Like, right. Damn, we got to figure it out because yeah. that's the only option. The their alternative is there. Well, one doesn't exist. So right. we need to figure it out. Right. Right. And I like that idea because it, it reminds me of a book I read recently where they were talking about, and it's all sort of based off of stoicism, right? So like- What book was it? Um, I'm trying to think of which one it was. I've read like a hundred, so I don't even know. But this idea that you're essentially what you create in your mind about a situation is what you get, right? So if the sigh, if in your mind, the meaning of that sigh is, oh, see, she's mad then you, okay, you've now created that. But if your if in your mind you can go, oh, she sighed, mm. I don't need to assign meaning to that. I can just accept that that was a sigh and move on with my life. Like we have the ability and the power to assign meaning or not assign meaning. And all of that inner work transforms the space around us. It's like so mind boggling. And that, that makes me think of Jocko, which he's been on your show a million times, which is freaking awesome. I know. Uh, but you're, you're basically talking about detachment. Right? Yeah. So if I can detach my feelings from her not side like in a bad way, <laughs> but I mean, if, 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 you know, if you are being like, you know, a B about it and like, right. then, then there's a clear thing. I'm like, come on, let's, right. let's work through right. that. What was that thing? But if I can detach for a mm-hmm. minute and go, all right, I've seen her sigh before. Wait a minute. We both got pissed last time. I'm not going to do that again. Right. Let me detach and explore that a little bit and say, hey, when you sigh, uh, it makes me feel like, you know, you're disappointed in me and you just don't give a shit about this. Is that really what you feel? Right, or right. are you still with mm-hmm. me w- willing to work on it? Right. Okay, you're willing to work on it? All right, let, let's go. Yeah. There, and one of of the, I think one of the most helpful things I told a client recently is she was talking about, you know, the ups and downs. We were talking about business stuff. But I told her, I'm like, look, 
this bullshit is to be expected. Same in marriage, same in life. Like hard stuff happens when we can actually accept that that is how life works and mm-hmm. get and have like this bigger vision so that every time a wave comes, we don't like end up with sand in our mouth and go, what what happened? Like the wave is going to cut like, duh, come on. And I, I like that. That's my version of what like Epictetus said. This, this bullshit <laughs> is to be expected. I yes. like that better. You said it way better than Epictetus like it. said it. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, the world famous, you know, philosopher right. of 3,000 years, no. you said it better. Right? I fixed it. I fixed it for him. <laughs> nice. So, I know. That's what I said. It should be. Let's, there you go. Let's do something about it. There you um, go. But I did. Did you? I wanted to talk about your book. We have mm. it sitting right here. Right. If you'd like to chat about that for Sovereignty. a Sovereignty. You guys, if you haven't read this, you've heard me talk about it on our show. Go check it out. And I would like to hit on this. Sovereignty for men, obviously, because this is written by you, Ryan, and for other dudes in order of man. But let's talk about sovereignty for women. And does that look different than it does for men? I'm not saying it does. I just want to have a, a conversation mm-hmm. about it because it's kind of piqued my interest. I mean, the, the premise of the book is learning how to be a better protector, provider, and presider. And I talk about that a lot in, in, in the guise of masculinity, right? Is that our job as men is to protect, provide, preside. That isn't a woman's job. Flat mm-hmm. out, that isn't a woman's job. Mm-hmm. Is she capable of doing so? Some, some are, sure. Right. Some are capable of protecting and leading and, 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 and providing resources, absolutely. And Trish provides resources, different resources to the equation than I do, mm-hmm. uh, but it isn't her job. And, and that doesn't mean she's not capable of doing so, but my job is as a man and the husband and the father and the patriarch of the family is to make sure that I'm capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. And that is my responsibility and my obligation. It's not hers. Mm-hmm. There's other things that she brings to the table that, you know, you can talk on, but uh, so yeah, it is different. Mm-hmm. It's different the way that we as, as men and women show up. And here's the interesting thing. It's very frustrating in society is that I think much of society, especially in the feminist movement uh, attempts to make women believe that the only way they're valuable is if they're playing the same role as men. And that isn't the case at all. Mm -hmm. Just because I consider my job to protect, provide, and preside, and I look at her job as different, doesn't mean she's inferior. Mm -hmm. Right. It doesn't mean she's not worth as much to to the dynamic of our family. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that we're, we're different and we bring different things to the table. So I, I, I love the, I was going to say the concept, but that's not the right way to say it mm-hmm. because it makes it seem contrived. I honor masculinity and I honor femininity mm-hmm. as different and distinct mm-hmm. yet equally important. Right. I love that. Yeah. And, and when you, when, when couples, this is my belief too, when I am in like my best and highest form of who I am, just literally DNA wise, you know, like biological who I am, then I am in my zone of genius. I don't know, you know, if, if you guys have read uh, The Big Leap by Dr. Gay Hendricks, he's awesome. But I, I'm in my zone of genius. Like I'm literally doing what I exactly am meant to do when I am in what my masculine role is, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing for her. And I, uh, I'm i a hunter. I know you're a hunter. And we have some property out here uh, outside of Seattle. And during the the elk rut, right, we literally have elk herds just in our backyard. It's It's amazing. And just recently, there were like a seven by seven and a six by seven elk, right? They're huge, like 
big ass elk just right here outside of the studio and they're just messing around they're you know doing their rutting thing and i'm like filming it and just right. drooling you know like oh it's literally kind of like 30 feet away yeah it's not so, like out amazing. in a fe- it is amazing but then of course they have their cows all around right, them, right? Uh, for listeners a cow is a female elk right and then a uh, um bull a bull a bull, bull is a male elk right do you think for one second that out in the animal world right <laughs> that big ass seven by seven is going hmm I don't know. Maybe I should do some female oak stuff, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> right. No, it doesn't even enter their mind, right? right? And I know I'm being like a little goofy and facetious, but I, you know, like hunting, you know, it's not about the kill. Part of it is, but it's about being out there and, you know, spiritual and you know, all this stuff, right? And I'm thinking, man, there's so much wisdom in deer and elk and the outside, the, 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 the natural world mm-hmm. that we can learn from. But somehow we've become detached from that and go, oh, wait a minute. Uh, I'm all butthurt now because um, he gets to go to work and I have to stay here with the whatever and right. be a you know you know live out my femininity or whatever or the opposite. No, okay, she's mad, so I'm gonna stay at home or do whatever. I'm like, I don't think it works. I don't think biologically this is how it's supposed to be. And you better be damn sure that we have the the the. Uh, we talk about everything on the show, so get ready. <laughs> we have the best sex, oh. the most. <laughs> Highest form of relationship, uh, I show up as a dad, as a man, as a husband, when I am doing masculine stuff. Because why? I don't know. I just like it, like chopping wood, cutting grass, hunting. But then I'm also soft with you and our daughter and stuff. And then do you think that she finds that attractive or unattractive? No. Are you kidding? She's like, she loves it. (laughs) And I love it when she is in her highest form of femininity. And is that some like grotesque, like porn perversion kind of version of that no it's like oh wait a minute you smell really good mm-hmm. other dudes don't smell like that you do that's what i like and find sexy you know, you know what i'm saying so it's like it, it's it's all it's really simple right when we really look yeah. at it i have an analogy that keeps coming into my head because we we live out in near seattle we have uh, massive old growth cedar trees all around us they're huge and amazing and when i think of this idea of like feminism trying to trying to be what a man is if you're a woman. And I don't, I don't mean like the crazy stuff. I'm literally talking about like the roles that we play. It's like a cedar tree trying to be a willow tree. Mm. It's, it's just like standing there trying to do it. It will never be able to do it. There's a willow tree right there and a cedar tree right there. They are two separate things. And when one is trying to transform into the other, it loses almost all of its glory is lost. Like if it can't fully be a cedar and it will never fully be a willow, like, Come on, just pick what one. What is it? It's in like this in-between kind of thing of like, oh, so I am. Sweeter. Not... <laughs> Swillow. That's why I don't like even that term that you taught, you, you said, and, I, and, and the, the term you use is the roles that we play. Right. It, we're not playing the roles. Right, 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 right. That is your, that is who you are. Right. Playing the role is an acting term, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to pretend to be something I'm not Right. in order to fake people and make them believe that I'm different than I actually am. Mm-hmm. So we're not playing role. I'm not playing the role of husband. Right. I'm not playing the role of, fa- like, I am a husband. Right. I am a father. Mm-hmm. I am a man. And I'm going to try to maximize on that. You are a woman. You are a wife. She is a mother. And you should equally be trying to maximize that. Right. Not pretending to be something you aren't right yeah and like my goal is to be the best version of that I can be 
Like you mm-hmm. talk about for with your guys, be the best man you can be. I'm going to be the best woman I can be. So if that makes me the best mom, the best wife, the best gardener, like that is what I'm striving for. It's not right. perfection, but it's my best. Mm-hmm. I'm fulfilling myself and my role. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love that as you're talking, it makes me think of, I, I feel like we get confused when we believe that femininity or masculinity has to fit some mold. And we don't question that. Mm-hmm. That belief in and of itself might be really what we're struggling with. Like if I think that feminine women should wear high heels and red lipstick, then I am not that because I won't. I don't I don't even think I have high heels. Uh, yeah, and I have red lipstick, but I don't wear between, it. <laughs> there's a difference though between, but there are some things that feminine women do. Yes, right. And there are some things that masculine men do. Mm-hmm. And it's not about muscles for men or the car they drive or right. the heels for women or the color or the shade of lipstick they wear. That's not, that's surface level stuff. Right. That, that's mm-hmm. not, that doesn't define femininity or masculinity, right. but there are, yes, there are things that men do that is masculine and it's not socially constructed. It's biologically constructed and it's mm-hmm. supported societally because it works. Right. And, and there are things that women do that, that, that represents femininity and it's objective. Mm -hmm. It is not subjective. It is objective. This is the way it is. And this is the way it's been throughout thousands of years of human history. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So switching gears a little bit, um, I wrote some stuff down and I think we kind of hit on it a little bit, but I want to kind of bring it home for, for guys and women who uh, may be listening. And, you know, oftentimes we have guys and they say, oh, well, uh, I don't I don't have time for this. And then they just end up getting butthurt over and over and over and over by their wife, right? And then I'm like, dude, you've been stuck here for three years. What? Like, you mean they don't have time to work on their marriage? They, they don't you have mean? time or they have some sort of excuse that they actually believe. I know that I've fallen into this right, trap. I know right, that right. you have too, Ryan. Like, oh, if she would just this, I would be fine. But... It's the what's like some some one liners that we can each say to the dudes that are listening, and then also Trish to the wives that are are listening of like, well, he's just X Y Z, and then you, it's it's almost like you guys some couples don't see the forest for the trees. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I get that. What are you gonna do with it though? Mm-hmm. What um, what how, are you? How about we rephrase that? How okay. about we talk about like this idea of. If we change this thing, if we take the time to work on our marriage, work on ourselves, work on our self-improvement, what's going to be on the other side of that? You will feel what ah, okay. that makes more sense mm-hmm. to me. Um, but what would you say? Like, why would, why is it worth our time as, or our listeners time to do that work? How, why don't they just keep on blaming their spouse instead? You want to answer that? Go ahead. I mean, do you want to be miserable? Like, that's really the, that's really what it comes down to. You know, I, look, I talk with men every single day who are miserable. They're fat, they're out of shape, their marriages are in shambles, they're not making any money, they're not advancing in their career. They're, they're miserable. That is the only word to describe it. And, you know, if you're satisfied, then, yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't work on yourself. Like, just keep doing what you're doing. That's fine. If you yeah. want to be miserable, you figured out the formula to being miserable. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to be miserable, then you need to do something different. Mm. And the, the thing that you can do different is nothing about your wife, nothing about your husband for the ladies who are listening. You, she can't control me. I can't control her. I can influence her. She can influence me. 
But at the end of the day, whatever she does, I have to voluntarily decide whether or not that's going to impact me positively or negatively. Mm -hmm. I get to decide that. Mm -hmm. It isn't up to her and it isn't up to me for her. But the only thing that we can control is ourselves. So if you want to be miserable and, and, and you think that other people are going to give you stuff or you're just going to live life, you know, at the bare minimum, then keep doing what you're doing. But if you want to be fulfilled and you want to be satisfied and you want to have a great marriage and you want to raise kids who you love and adore and they love and adore you and you want to advance in your career and you want to have good sex to what you were saying earlier and you want all of these things, then start taking responsibility for yourself. Mm -hmm. Not only if she did whatever, you know, the best way to get her to do something different is for me to change. Ah, right. Because it's a formula. Like if I want a different answer to the equation, she's the, she's the answer to the equation. If I want this answer to be different, then there has to be different inputs. And that's mm-hmm. what I do. It's on me a hundred percent. And then I can see that worked or that didn't. And the equation changes and the right. outcome changes. I think where we that's get good. caught up is, is uh, especially for guys, oftentimes is being patient. Like, okay, I'm going to make this big change. Two days in, two weeks in, we're like, oh, well, you're not changing. What the hell's wrong with you? Kind of thing. Right. And then that's where we get butt hurt and give up, right? And this is a perfect example. And the first time that I completed 75 Hard is in 2020, I started and Melanie didn't like it at all. You know, it, it, it takes a lot of time. And I was so I, mad at him. But I, I adjusted my schedule like, okay, I'll do the first workout when everybody's asleep. It's not going to affect anyone, right? And then do the last one late at night. So, tried to, you know, reduce the impact on the family. But she was like, well, you could be working on podcasts for two hours a day. I literally calculated and, the hours. And all these things. So there was there was some, um, uh, I know that you've had uh, Stephen Pressfield. He talks about resistance. Right. I was getting big time resistance for doing something good, right? And then like two weeks in, three weeks in, day 30, day, you know, 45. She's like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, you're looking, you're looking kind of good here. Okay, you're, I, I like this, right? And then so she started supporting it. And then guess what? When I finished, two weeks after that, she did it, and she finished it. So it's that, okay, it, well, it goes back to the saying, be the change that you want right, to see, right. right, in the world, in your family. But guys and women, if you decide to do something and you know, I mean, you know, you're wise about it, and you know that this change is going to benefit you and your family, decide to do it. No matter right. what he or she does or doesn't do, you must be resolute. Right. And I think that's what one of the main factors that drive uh, the change in your guys' marriage. And it was damn sure that the, the right. factor that changed our marriage because I was like, I'm doing this. I know it's good. No matter right. what you do or don't do, this is the direction we're going. Mm-hmm. And literally, it saved our marriage, right? right? So men, women, be resolute in something and not like, okay, I'm going to you know, spend 50 grand on a credit card. That's, <laughs> that's not a good goal, right? I that's resolve. not wise. But decides on something like, okay, read a book a month. You're Only- not going to hurt anybody doing that, right? Walk 45 minutes a day, right. whether she's butthurt or not. But is that your favorite word today? You said it like a hundred times. I don't know. (laughs) It's gross. Well, a lot of people, you know, get... But everybody knows exactly what you're saying. This is gross. (laughs) The universal word for... It's kind of of pissy, right? It's butthurt. But anyway... um, uh, Never mind. (laughs) I won't take it there. It gets weird. (laughs) That's our other show, Anatomy of Sex. I was going to make it even more weird, but I decided not to make it. No, no. That's good. You can't see it. She's over here squeezing my leg like, don't say whatever you're about to say. (laughs) 
You could have said it, I swear. I know. We, don't, we, we don't care. It, we would have loved it. But we want to be respectful of your guys' time. First of all, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I know I've, uh, like we said earlier, Ryan, you came on our show, I think it was like three years a ago. A long time ago. And it was... It was a bad interview, not on your part, but on our part, our part. because we were like brand <laughs> new. Like, and just like, we didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But we're in a very different spot now right. because we've been committed to it, right? So thank you for that. Thank you, Trish, for coming on too. Yes. I, I know we've Absolutely. been trying to do this for a long time and we finally made it happen. So thank you guys. I respect everything that you guys are doing, you know, from, from the podcast down to the garden, to the kids, to everything. Right. You guys are doing it and it's an inspiration. Right. So thank you for that. One, one, I guess, kind of final question, unless you have, you have anything two else. Two final questions I want to ask. Two, all right, you, you ask yours. Okay, Ooh. I'm excited about this. I This is, might be boring. I hope it's not. But I love books. I read just constantly. I want to know what you guys are reading right now and what book you think everyone has to read. You start. Well, I just barely finished Jack Carr's new book. Um, what is it? It was awesome. It was so good. The Devil's Hand. Um, it was his fourth. It was his fourth book, and I absolutely loved this is it. Fourth or third? This is fourth. Are you sure? The okay. Devil's Hand. I'm sure. How excited! Because I've read them all. It's yeah. so good. I'm assuming it's fiction, like thriller kind of fiction, or what? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. So it it was really good. They're good. They've got an Amazon series that's filming right now with Chris Pratt as the lead, and like, oh, I totally fangirled on it when it came in the mail. <laughs> How so exciting! That was really, really good. Yeah. Uh huh. And like. Ryan, he really enjoys all the self-help books and like growing and learning. I just want a good novel. Like I need a good story. I, I read to relax and to veg out. For me, it's entertainment. So anytime there's like a good novel, I'm all over it. Awesome. Nice. What's your favorite one? I know that's going to be hard to pick, but is there oh, one novel that you would say hard. everyone should read this one? Okay. I'm, I'm... Hold on. Let me guess. Hold on. Hold <laughs> okay. on. Hold on. I want to guess. I would say the Outlander series. Oh, Outlander right? was really good. <laughs> is that right? Or Outlander that... was so good. And the Bronze Horseman was really good. That's a trilogy. Really oh, like that fun. one. And I also am a really big fan of um, James Patterson's earlier oh. work. Oh, yeah. I just read Kiss the Girls again. Mm-hmm. So creepy and so good. I don't I know. like. I don't you used to read. I used to read stuff. James. Yeah. I, years ago when yeah. we were first married, I read James Patterson yeah. all the time. And then it started to like freak me out. <laughs> like, I just feel yeah. scared now. It was <laughs> <laughs> around the time yeah, we had kids. So I was like, I can't I'm read I'm all this. over the good novels. That's great. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> I'm usually reading uh, a book based on an upcoming podcast guest at this point. And ah. So um, I'm in the process of reading Tim Grover's new book, Winning, which mm-hmm. is very fast. Tim Grover is uh, Kobe Bryant's coach, old mm-hmm. coach, obviously, and, uh, and, Jordan's and coach, Michael right? Jordan's coach yeah. as well. Oh, cool. Among, yeah. among others. So yeah. right. he was on, an incredible human being. Uh, yeah. He was on um, uh, Frisella's show. I just listened yeah. to it yesterday, yeah, in fact. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so our our conversation goes live. Tim, Tim and I's conversation goes live next week. So oh. yeah, it's usually it's usually an upcoming guest, mm-hmm. and I just I can't stay on top of them. Our both right. of our nightstands are stacked to the brim. Of, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, of, of books. Right. Yeah, there's just so much to read and so much great information out mm-hmm. there. But yeah, that that that's been a good book so far. Awesome. What awesome. about like your number one book that you think, like, if you could give one book to people, what would it be? Uh, I like Man's Search for Meaning. By Viktor Frankl. Mm-hmm. That's a good book. So good. Um, I also like, so I'm going to give you more than one. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like As a Man Thinketh by James mm-hmm. Allen. Yep. 
And then there's another really good book that I read years ago as I was preparing for a Spartan endurance event uh, called Endurance by mm. Alfred Lansing. It's about um, Ernest Shackleton's mm. ill-fated venture mm-hmm. uh, across the Antarctic. So that's mm-hmm. a really good book as well. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And that's the one where they all made it back, right? I'm, I'm neither going to confirm nor deny. I just have to read the book. And I just it gave it away. Sorry. Sorry, know, listeners. You ruined it. You're, you're the worst. Damn it. In there. And here's the ending. <laughs> the, the big worst. end. And Santa Claus isn't real either, right. kids. No. Don't. No. Don't. I guess, I guess maybe I'll have to give you another book since everybody kind of knows what's going on with that book. Seth ruined that one. Well, it's called Endurance. So, yeah. right, I guess. Okay. It's okay. not called like yeah. death and burial. So. Right. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. So um, this has been amazing, you guys. Thank you again so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. And one last thing, what is bringing you guys individually like the jazz right now? I don't care if it's from, If it's you know, sawing and gardening. If it's sawing and gardening to like, I don't know, I just bought an RC car for my kid or I want to go hot air ballooning. Like what is, is bringing you like, yeah, I'm super interested in this right now. You know, I have something. I, I I'm gonna let you go, go first. No, I want you okay. to go first because I have something that I'm very interested in that has been uh, that has been fun for us. So, but you go first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think, like I said earlier, we've got the gardens going, and the kids and I, we just spend so much time out there. We plan through the winter. We get our seeds started inside, and so it's exciting. Last weekend for Mother's Day, like we spent the entire weekend outside getting our gardens in and their seeds planted, and and today we were out there this morning and. They were checking all their boxes. Look, look, I've got a sprout. I'm like, oh, it's actually a weed. We've got like another week before <laughs> right. things start coming up, you know, but it's so exciting. And to share that with them and then, you know, mom, is it warm enough? We can go to the beach yet. So we're just really excited that winter's over. Right. We're going into spring, summer here. And um, that's just, that's exciting for us. I love it. Awesome. And the thing that I, that I'm actually really excited about, which is, is kind of not, it's not weird. It's just interesting that I'm excited about this is we have some friends who are getting married here at our place uh, in the fall. They're going to get married in the barn. So we've been spending a lot of time, obviously working in the garden, doing things around the house from, you know, odd jobs like painting and cleaning up the barn and Mm -hmm. things like that, that has Mm -hmm. been really fun. I've, I've enjoyed it. So, I mean, it's things we need to do around the house anyways. And right. this gives us a good reason to do it because we right. care about our friends and yeah. oh, we want so them cool. to have a good experience, but it, it, it's, it's, it's kept exciting. us all on track. And on board, oh, that's so cool. Too. How big is yeah, your awesome. barn? Like what is the square footage of it? Um, yeah, it's big. wicked big. I would say it's probably <laughs> wicked big. Uh, You're a Mainer now. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. Is, yeah, you Mainer. can't say like a Mainer or something, or yeah. It's not a Mainer. It's a Mainer. 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 We will ne- we will never be Mainers. We will always be either from away or Flatlanders. You have to be from born away. in Maine to be a Mainer. Yeah, from That's away. Funny. Yeah. Never heard nice. that. But how many uh, I would say feet what fifty feet no, across, no. maybe, and one hundred and fifty to two hundred feet long. That's so bad. It has four levels. How's that? Yeah. There's four wow. levels. What? That's awesome. Yeah, That's I, I just crazy. think of the possibilities. Like if we had that on our property, like, right. yep, everything is. We want to we want to build a barn home, but not like a you know kind of like what you have made into something like that you would live in. Yeah. Um. But that's yeah. so. Every time I see your barn, I'm like, oh, wow, that's so bad. <laughs> or your yeah, wife's overalls. And, <laughs> yes. Well, those are definitely easier than than the right. barn right. building and renovation. That's for sure. <laughs> so, but uh, it's been you a fun guys, project. We've had a lot of fun with right. it. Right. That's awesome. Uh, so for our listeners who uh, want to know more about what both of you guys do what's the best places for them to find out 
stuff. Uh, we're going to start a new podcast. No, so. we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> tell me what I've your idea is now. <laughs> There's no idea. There's nothing here. Yes, there is. <laughs> well, maybe There's for something. Ryan, but not for Chase. <laughs> there is something here. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll keep you apprised as that develops or doesn't. Yeah. We'll let you know. We'll see. Uh, the best, I think probably if you wanted to connect with both of us, I would say Instagram, right? Yeah. I'm at Ryan Mickler. And we're, I'm Mickler's in Maine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's All the right. best place to connect with us or, or yeah. order a man. If you want to listen to a podcast about what, what I'm doing specifically with men, then that's, that's the best place to right. go to order a yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. You guys go check out uh, both their Instagrams. Uh, order man has been really influential in my right. life. So thanks Ryan. Thanks for, thanks for both of your guys. Yeah. Work. Uh, it's awesome. This has been a blast. Um, you guys go check out what they're doing and thanks guys. We Thank loved you it so much. Thank Appreciate you it guys. Thank you. All right. Bye. Later.